Hi, I'm Todd Killian, and welcome to Christmas Clatter, the podcast that celebrates everything that makes Christmas special. Be sure to head over to our website, christmasclatter.com. There you'll find our weekly blog posts. You can also sign up for our free monthly email newsletter, Clatter Chatter. You can also send me a message via email at todd at christmasclatter.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Hi, welcome back to Christmas Clatter. I'm Todd Killian. I'm going to keep this uh, segment short and sweet because we have Merry Melee 5 on deck here. And uh, as you know, the melees can run a little long and this one is no exception. One thing I would like to uh, bring to your attention is Christmas Clatter has partnered uh, now with T Public to sell merch for the podcast, mainly t-shirts, but there's coffee mugs and other things there. Check out christmasclattermerch.com and that'll get you to our store. There'll be a link in the description and also there'll be a special link uh, for a Merry Melee t-shirt in the description as well. So that's all I have for you guys. We're mid-August, so closer and closer to that fall season, and I'm sure tired of this heat, but uh, it ends soon enough. So without wasting too much more time, let's get on with the Merry Melee, Merry Melee 5. Welcome back to Christmas Clatter. We are here with Merry Melee 5. New group of fighters, new group of judges, and I want to thank each and every one for showing up tonight, today, whenever you're listening. In the fighters bracket, we have a Merry Melee veteran, been here twice before with one win, Tom Crow. Tom, thanks for joining us here again on the Melee. I want to thank you for having me, Todd, and thank the illustrious judges that you have selected you've gotten some of the cream of the crop from the christmas podcast world well thank you thank you and uh tom's no uh no no stranger to the melee but uh he is not here just because he's a great guy he's been called out by cj newcomer to the podcast world christmas conversations you've seen him all over the social media is making his christmas clatter debut actually called out Tom on social media and challenged him to a melee CJ. Thanks for being so, uh, eager to jump in a melee and, and fight and welcome to Christmas clatter. Oh, thanks for having me. And I did call out Tom and I'm going to tell you why, because I think he sucks and I'm going to beat him and that's it. That's all I have to say. Thank you for inviting me. The judges, Tim, I love your podcast. Jerry, yours is okay. Chris, I'll see you uh, when on the twenty first to record. Other yes. than that, get ready to catch this whooping, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and returning to Christmas clatter this time as a fighter, not as a judge. The only guy I could think of that could go toe to toe with Crow and Crow Junior. Manny Torres <laughs> from Fleece Christmas and Mary Navidad. Welcome, Manny. Gracias. And who did I get to judge these energetic fighters? For one, I brought back the one and only Mary Melee champion, 
Tim Babb from I Can't Wait from Christmas Podcast. Thanks, Tim, for joining us this time in the judges' seat. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I got to say, it's way less pressure right here. No matter what happens, I go home a winner. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, this season on Mary Melee, I changed it up a little bit. I have two permanent judges to kind of give a little bit more stability to the judges' chairs. To to that way, maybe the fighters can learn the judges' habits mm-hmm. and strategize a little bit more. And sitting in those seats, I have Jerry D from Totally Rad Christmas and Chris with a C from. Christmas time in the city podcast, Jerry, Chris, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here, Todd. Yeah, well, and also thanks for committing to a few melees here in a row, because I know they they take a little bit to get ready and to record and, and things. So I really appreciate your commitment to this silly little game. So I, I fully commit myself to you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> hey. and, uh, <laughs> I have commit myself to you, Todd. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here for it. Man. All right. And uh, before we jump into the melee with our first question, I want to uh, encourage each and every one that is listening to stick around. I have a very special announcement at the end of this melee. Let's get ready to melee. Tom, we're going to start with you. Last melee. We put cast members. This is a melee you were a part of. We put cast members from the Expendables franchise into Hallmark Christmas movies. Now, which Hallmark Christmas queen should be a part of an action franchise? And which action franchise should it be? Well, uh, this is an interesting question. Uh, I thought about the range of certain... uh, Action heroes, and when I started looking at the the uh, what people like Dolph Lundgren and Sylvester Stallone bring to action movie franchises, and looked at what uh, Hallmark queens there were, Candace Cameron Bure came right to the top. She is right on the level with with the best of the best in these action series, and I would like to see her train to be Rocky. Wow. Um, I would. I would. Um, Candace Cameron Bure is everything that we love about America. She is as American as apple pie, classic on shows like Full House. Uh, people from my generation grew up with her, and we're always rooting for her, right? Uh, we're cheering for and wanting to see Candace Cameron Bure be successful, whether we're talking her movies on Hallmark or her new line of products through Hallmark. Um, she would be amazing on Hallmark Presents Candace Cameron Bure as Rocky. All righty. And CJ, what's your opening statement? My opening statement is I picked Lori Laughlin. I don't know if I got the pronunciation correct, but she was a former Christmas queen. She has now been, I guess, disgraced due to her jail sentence, which only makes her more badass to me. And if I was going to put her in any type of action, uh, movie, saga, anything like that, it would definitely be the Bourne movies. They would bring her on as the latest CIA agent gone rogue, trying to kill Jason Bourne. She fits a power suit. She has the haircut. She can be bitchy. And she has the real life attitude now. And 
she can really just play a person that doesn't care about consequences and goes after people because that's what she did in real life. And I think if you put her in the born series as a villain, she could play it perfectly because I too thought about range and she wouldn't need much range. All she would need to be is a horrible person, which she practically already is. So that's who I picked. All right, Manny, your opening statement. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Lacey Chabert. And why? Because she has no personality, basically. So I would put her in John Wick because just give her a gun, kill her dog and see what happens. I mean, (laughs) okay. All right. The the floor is now open for debate, guys. Go ahead. I'll well, start. I would, Tom, I no, I'm going to start. You're going to stop. I'm going to start. You're going to stop. No, I literally thought it was a joke movie. when you started talking she and you said you wanted her to be Rocky. No, I don't care. I'm going to keep talking. You're not, not going to go first. I'm talking, it is a Christmas queen. You're not, not talking you because be what you said made no sense. You literally said you wanted her to play Rocky. I do. I want her to build up and fight for America. Yes, I do. Uh, and I, the only reason you chose Lori Laughlin, and I know this because we talked about it beforehand, is because she had a crime. She committed a crime. The crime she committed was about as white collar and not be as you possibly can. She paid somebody money for her daughter to go to college. That is not be That is white privilege to the you can't be a Christmas queen with three movies, dude. That is not. That's like I dabble. Of course you can. She was the Christmas I, queen before I, Candace Murray or whatever. You're talking about a girl that literally has no history in boxing. You don't know if she's going to suck, and that takes a lot of acting. Ask Rocky. You're wait, is, uh, so am I still in this, or should I just go ahead? Judges for now. <laughs> it doesn't even matter because what you said was foolish. So let me and Tom talk. It makes well, more look, sense. Wait. Wait, look, for once, CJ and I agree. So, uh, oh, <laughs> <what>? on. <laughs> moving on. CJ, you, you agree, but you don't have a comeback. You guys are just, you know, look, going at each other. You said, give her a gun and kill her dog and see what happens. John Wick. Isn't that how John Wick started? This took more uh, time. Lacey Chabert, ha- Lacey Chabert does have. Oh, that's how you pronounce it? Yeah. Yes. So, that's a good thing to do, too, when you're going to come in. Uh, with your suggestion, you should at least know who they are and how to say their name. That's, that's a good rule to follow. Um, also, CJ, in that regard, you did get lucky on Lori Laughlin. just going to say. But again, so you're going to say Lori Laughlin literally has zero action, uh, anything behind her name either. Um, and the She's a criminal. I'm going to say with him, she's a criminal. What yeah. more action do you she need? You can say, money. No, no. That's Let me what, talk now. You had your turn. Let me talk. You say that it's a white collar crime. It's a crime nonetheless. She has the street cred to be a villain now. She has been disgraced. It is the way to go for her. And tell me, you do not see her because she rocks a power suit. We've all seen it. And wake up San Francisco. She looks great. She has the haircut and she has the attitude. She would Maybe be a great CIA villain. In the Bourne series, she would be a great foe to Jason Bourne, and you would believe it. Years ago, I've not been, even. What? What does age matter? Oh, she rocked the power suit thirty-five years ago. We don't know what she what she would rock now. You've obviously never watched her Hallmark films because it's all she wears. So what I feel like when you, you started her, talking, what do you see her doing? I see. I'm sorry. I can see Candace Cameron Bure running up the, the, uh, the in the iconic scene, running up the the steps at the uh, Philadelphia. I absolutely Island. cannot, and I'm just going to say that as fo- I thought you were joking when you first said it. I was waiting for you to say psych. 
Candace Cameron Bure as ro- a female Rocky. I'm sorry. I, that doesn't fly with me. I don't, I just, I don't see it. You, I, nobody, nobody would want to watch it. Here's Why? the difference. Okay. You're saying you can't see that. Candace Cameron Bure has a, has a long, a long list of workout videos where it's just her being totally BA and showing how strong she is. Why am I not surprised you know this? I digress. Because because I I did a basic Google. I did a basic Google. Does she have the real study to go up those steps? She does. Does she? Do you have the proof? Uh, We we like to do a screen share. Of what? Of a video from online? Running? So you're going to take the internet if as a fact? A screen share of the person that you chose because we don't believe she can even run upstairs. I mean, that's a bad sign, man. Dude, have I'm you just saying, seen her? I presented you- my argument well, and I think a lot of people could see Lori Laughlin as a villain in the Bourne series because she fits the role and it doesn't need a lot of range. She literally needs to point some figures, tell people what to do, and look like a biatch. And she's really good um, at that. Uh- just stop. Nobody wants to see her. Cam- Candace Cameron Bray no, is Rocky. Don't, just don't screen no. share. Don't. No. I, I do want to. I, I'm sorry. I like the idea of seeing Candace Cameron Bray going up and using the the muscles and the, 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 the physical physique that she has built over the years and helped encourage other people to get healthy with to fight. So you're oh, now he's reaching. I would call you fat. If you're I'm fat, calling, I don't know what that I'm, makes I'm, me, Manny. I'm calling <laughs> three of all three contenders on this episode fat. I'm not going to No, I'll, I'll give you this credit, Tom. I would love to see her as Rocky. As long as when she got up those steps, Uncle Jesse came into the room and the music went sad and they had a long talk about how horrible your idea was. Just like a Full House episode. When when can so when are we going to shoot this Lori Laughlin film? I'm just kind of curious. If we're Nobody is because it's better than the crap that YouTube presented. So there's when no choice in the matter. This? When would we be when would we be filming this in between? I mean, are we going to have problems with her probation or anything like that? I mean, well, you got to wait until you're allowed to work while you're over. on probation. They actually encourage it. Is she? Are, you're not. I don't know about the terms of her probation. Can she go travel to to, to be on site? I don't know. Hey man, if you want to keep reaching, I'll just let you bury yourself. All Continue right. to talk. All right, Tom. All right. Uh, get us with your uh, closing statement, and uh, if you feel so inclined, would uh, your actress right. of choice have a uh, action catchphrase? Ooh, see, I like how we're adding some more to this. Uh... I need Tim's pen. Why do you need Tim's pen? Because I wanted to say something. Go Shake ahead and it. say something. No, I need his pen. He can't give you his pen. You're not with him. I'll get it. That was weird. Continue. That was weird. Um, <laughs> you know, I would just. Candace Cameron Bure has her has a whole litany of quotes of uh, catchphrases that she's brought on. I would say let's stick with what she's got and keep on brand. In right. this Hallmark presents presents Candace Cameron Bure as Rocky. All right. Have any more for your closing statement, Tom? Uh, I, you know, I feel like we've we've looked at this terrible idea of having a near seventy year old woman trying to play a villain opposite uh, Jason Bourne, 
uh, not loving it. I'm sorry. Being a white collar criminal does not make you BA. Uh, are any of us going to, I mean, is Rudy Giuliani suddenly somebody who's BA? I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't look at, you know, similar crimes to make, to make Rudy Giuliani any more BA than, uh, you know, the crazy uncle across the street from me here who uh, revs his car engine every morning at seven o'clock in the morning. There, the, the, a white collar crime involved bribery does not make you a strong candidate for, uh, for a, 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 an action hero villain. Whereas, Actually, being in the physical peak physical form to play a physically strenuous action hero does. All right, CJ, closing statements, mm. and uh, is there an action catchphrase for your actress of choice? Well, she was put in jail for faking her kids being in rowing. Right, they were rowing majors. So, how about her catchphrase? Let's say Jason Bourne is in a boat and between him and freedom is and then she says he can row 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 his boat but he will never get up that stream if i have anything to say about it and anyway does anybody like tom talk so much without actually saying little it was better than yours you didn't even say anything you just said stay on brand with hallmark (laughs) but anyway i did my full house oh my lanta you said Hallmark in there. You said, let's keep on right. brand. No, you, you said Close, we're going to bring you closing a, statements, guys. Version, closing statements. a Hallmark version of Rocky, which is still insanely horrible. But anyway, I believe I presented the argument for somebody who could be hated as a villain because it doesn't matter if you are a blue collar or a white collar criminal, whatever you said. All that matters is your ability to not be liked as an actor or an actress, which I believe she'd be able to do. And her arrest would only make that even more possible so that's all i have to say all right manny how, how do you pronounce her name again tom <laughs> sherbert <laughs> like the ice cream right. so her catchphrase would be who let the dogs out <laughs> i'm moving on with that jesus <laughs> but that's why the dog got killed in the first place it's like you're almost trying to lose. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. No real dogs were harmed during the film. All right. You have any more closing statements, Manny? No. Okay. All right. This- I'm about to join Jerry, Chris, and Tim over there. <laughs> all right. Tim, unpack all this for us. All right. Well, that was pleasant. Um- <laughs> was it, though? <laughs> So now we're lying too. So, fun fact: uh, the judges got all these questions ahead of time. So I picked an answer for every one of these questions that is the right answer. And if you guys pick the same answer I did, you get an extra twenty-five bonus Tim points, which I'm told are worth nothing. Fruit <laughs> bucks. Uh, and the answer I picked for this one was Dana McKellar, Danica McKellar in a Die Hard movie because I wrote that last year. Um, uh, I got to say, CJ, when you picked Lori Laughlin, I was like, oh, this is his to lose because that is a great idea. Like, but I don't think her crime necessarily gives her street cred. Like, it's not like people are like, oh, she's so awesome. It's more like, okay, now she can be the villain because people already hate her. And then this movie could be something that could redeem her. Like, you know, like, um, 
like Mel Gibson did in The Expendables, which is what I thought you were going to say. Just plug her into The Expendables. But then the Bourne movie, uh, I don't know if that, I don't, I don't know if the Bourne franchise is where, I mean, they already did that sort of thing with the second and third Bourne movie where they had a, a female villain. Uh, I mean, not that they can't do the same thing over and over again, but uh, I just felt that was a little repetitive. And Manny, I feel like, you didn't quite. You didn't quite give us a lot. <laughs> She's gonna kill John Wick's dog and have no personality. This no, no, person. She, she's a female version of Avengers Wick. and Teen Titans. She's got a personality. I've met her at Christmas Con. She's, she's not gonna kill anybody's dog. Her dog is gonna get killed, and she's gonna go. Final kill the dog. She was gonna kill the dog. No, somebody kills her dog. That's why she turns into Jane Wick and Jane Wick. Oh, she's the star of this. Oh wait, well, I'm not gonna lie. You did not explain that amazingly. (laughs) You held off on the Jane Wick a little too long there, (laughs) Manny. (laughs) You really tied your hands behind your back on that one. Uh, And uh, as much as I love the Rocky movies. I would not mind seeing a female rebooted Rocky movie with Candace Cameron Bure. And I'm glad you mentioned that she does because my wife follows her on Instagram. She's always doing fitness and goodness. So I know I know she's got the chops to do it. Uh, side note, Lori Laughlin is only 57. I don't like ageism, um, <laughs> but I'm going to give my points to Tom this round. All right. Tim goes for Tom. Chris, what do you say? Ah, oh, man. Well, I don't Wait, give me a second, Chris. Let me press buy now on Amazon. You, oh, I got a you, new shirt. It's too late, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that give me was like customer service. Uh, cancel order. That was rough, Manny. That was rough. <laughs> that was rough first round for you. <laughs> All right. Let me uh, take this off and ask for a refund. Yeah, I'm going to skip. Manny's suggestion altogether, I think. (laughs) Uh, Here's the thing with Aunt Becky. I totally agree with Tim on almost everything he said. I I don't think that she's like, she comes off as that, that, that sort of a character. I don't think she could pull it off. On the other hand, uh, I looked this up actually, because I had, I had some time while you guys were uh, having a, discussion uh it was november 9th 1990 it was most likely a friday night it was an episode of full house called shape up where dj went a little bit too hard (laughs) she was she was she was training in the gym if i recall and she pushed it so far to the limit that she collapsed now if that's not this the sign of a champion then I don't know what is. So I absolutely have to give it to Tom for Candace Cameron Bure. I, I want to give Chris some props for uh, using the term discussion. <laughs> um, you're making us sound like we're doing a much better, much more civilized job than we are here. I'm just not sure how, Tom, how Todd's going to edit it. So maybe he'll be able to pull something out of there. Uh, not that good of an editor, but uh, Tom, you received the first point. Congratulations. You to be the first one on the board. Jerry, your judgment does not count this round, but which way were you leaning? So uh, initially based just purely on arguments, I was going to go with CJ until he said that um, uh, the 
Lori Laughlin was going to, or she's able to to be unlikable, essentially. And I thought, as much as I like Candace Cameron Bure, most people that I know do not like her. And so as the most unlikable, I thought she'd be a great villain or someone that you could actually root for to turn her life around in a Rocky-type movie. So I was actually going to go with Tom as well. All right. And we are all just happy that Manny did pick somebody that was still living. <laughs> so that was very, very nice to see. So, <laughs> If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to November when we recast Christmas Vacation. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> all the answers will be in that episode. Let's move on to the next question here. Oh, wait, that wasn't the Christmas Carol? I thought that was a Christmas Carol. I was bringing back the the ghosts. Oops. <laughs> Messed up on that one, too. <laughs> All right. CJ, we'll be, get, be uh, beginning with your opening statement on this next question. Which Christmas movie teaches us the best lesson? Okay, so there was a couple I was thinking of, and I really couldn't decide. There was some that I thought were really nail on the head, but I decided to go with the Santa Claus because basically – Anyone could be Santa. All you have to do is believe. Uh, it writes itself because the big tagline in the movie is seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Um, so, like, don't we all aspire to kind of be like that as podcast hosts? Like, it, it taught me a lesson when I watched it as a kid in 1994. And um, really, I just think the movie embodies um, everything about Christmas. It turns a non-believer into Santa himself. And it has slogans like just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And that's what, um, what's the kid's name? Charlie. That's what Charlie says to his stepfather, which really resonated with me too, as a kid. And the spirit, like the spirit of Christmas is a frame of mind. And this, this movie shows that it's a feeling in your heart. And, um, it even shows that a family can overcome a legitimate child kidnapping if you just believe in the magic of Christmas and Santa himself and Scott Calvin. So I thought it touched on a lot of things. And I really thought this one um, taught us the most of all the ones that I thought about. All righty, Manny, which Christmas movie teaches us the best lesson? Well, to me, it's Christmas vacation. Basically I identify with Clark um, Griswold and that's the type of uh, family I see myself having, you know, some, that's always working hard um, towards his family. He wants to have that perfect Christmas. Everything just basically all hit like his base. His main plan just goes to crap, you know, throughout the whole movie, throughout the whole plot. And, you know, he he battles through that. You know, the fact he keeps his family together. Um, his family kind of reminds me of my family, uh, except for the cat. We don't have a cat in our family. And the no the part the fact that he's trying to make tradition with his family you know decorate his house with that many thousand lights and just get everybody together like i said he keeps struggling you know to make his plans happen uh, against all adversity and it's a comedy but like i said i identify with it because it's just it's it's real life just made it for people to laugh so i mean it has a bunch of lessons between all the you know the punchlines and the stuff like that and well, I mean, can't get better than that. Alrighty, Tom, which Christmas movie teaches there, us the best lesson? There is, but there is possibly. I mean, it, there's an arguable case to make one of the most iconic figures in all of Christmas um, 
multimedia is the Grinch, the Grinch, uh, not just as a movie, but, but prior to the movie, the book, uh, really teaches a strong lesson about Christmas. The line, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. We see a, a true redemption arc from a, from a vile, I mean, every, every, every rendition of the Grinch, I'm, I'm focused on the original Grinch cartoon, um, but the, the subsequent ones all have a, a, uh, a, a deplorable character that we see redeemed. We see the power of Christmas, love, giving um, of, of the Who's transform and, and show what Christmas is all about. And for that reason, I went with the Grinch. We can all learn that Christmas is more than gifts. It's more than the, the, the things that we need, that, that we want or the things that, that the externals of Christmas, that there's something beautiful that brings everybody together at Christmas time. All right. We have the Santa Claus Christmas vacation, how the Grinch stole Christmas. The floor is open guys. I think that Tom had a pretty good argument. I almost chose um, the Grinch and I know a lot of people don't normally go this route because they'd say they'd argue against and be like, Oh, he thought it was great. But my problem with the Grinch is it was too on the nose for me. I felt like before you get to those lessons, there was a lot of actual really bad stuff that happens that like, I don't think a lot of kids really want to see in a movie, in a Christmas movie. Like he's too much of a villain. I find he's just a deplorable person. Like he's very, very bad. And although the lesson is good, getting there was the problem for me in the movie. There's just a lot of, um, which movie super, are you referencing? Which, which the, Grinch. Version? I just, the which, first one too. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah, no, you, you said the first one, I, I, unlike others, I like the Jim Carrey version too, but I'm saying to get to that lesson, you had to go through a lot in the movie that it, I don't personally it made me uncomfortable as a kid. I do like the argument though. He wrapped it up in a bow really well, but I just feel like with Santa Claus, it, it's more of raw Christmas spirit rather than learning um, about not treating people like trash. You know what I mean? It has more, I mean, technically Tim Allen almost did kill Santa, but it was an accident. Right. But he getting there, almost, going to the North did Pole, in fact, kill Santa. They almost, almost did that. Disney was actually presented with the idea. We're going to kill Santa. And they said, no, we're not uh, with a gun or something like that. But, but I digress. Still, well, if we're going to talk about things that kids don't want to see, and, and I get it, that is a nice line uh, in the Santa Claus but I don't think kids really want to watch Santa die and evaporate. Does he really die? Here, he kind of just disappears. He is, he is a magical figure, right? Santa's but they do mention figure. that he, he, that he kills Santa Claus. He does say yeah, it. They, they do. They do bring There's up. And then, and then, and even the kid, that's what he understood. He's like, so to become Santa Claus, I just have to kill Santa Claus or something so, like that. Plus so. the other thing that we see as we, 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 we delve into the Santa Claus mythos here. Um, we're completely okay with Santa dying. There's never any mention of him again. Uh, there actually Scott, is. Scott Calvin does Yeah, that he died. Yeah, there's Scott, a mention later on when they're saying, reading the card. There's no mourning. There's no, the people are, they're like, oh, there goes another one. Welcome new Santa. Let's just it's Christmas Eve. Life. What do you want to do? Stop Christmas Eve. That's where the magic comes in. With yep. Tim Allen, a guy who doesn't believe in Santa, actually he, becomes him and visits the North Pole. And wait, I have a question. Wait, wait, I have wait, a wait. question. So when he fell off the roof, did they just take Miss Santa Claus and throw it in the, dump, in the dumpster and lock it in a room? Because I think he had to be married in order to be Santa Claus, or was he just Santa Claus for that first round? You're where right, was Miss Claus after he died? Did they just hit her in the closet? What is she in the basement? Is she in a dungeon? Doing? What? Santa That's Claus. That's a violent movie. 
Santa Claus has to have a wife, and Mrs. Claus is just nowhere mentioned again. No, I wasn't gonna bring, the reason I wasn't gonna bring that up is because that does pull in the myth, like that's a later addition, like yeah. a development in in the Santa Claus. Too. No, it's a later de- it's a later development, but you know what? But he was already there. Santa Claus for for how long? The other where was Miss Claus? Nobody knows. Matter. She like, the other thing I want to point him. out. The other thing I want to point out. Um, Scott Calvin wasn't truly an unbeliever. Scott Calvin believed in Christmas. He believed in the Christmas spirit. He wanted to pass that on to his son. That's why he was so angry at Neil and Carol for taking that away from. No, you're wrong. He was more mad at them for taking him away on Christmas. He was a very, very materialistic person. And he created toys for the money. He was not a Uh, big Christmas guy. They tried to show that. They fought hard about the Santa, about taking away Santa Claus. That was a big Big deal. Was he more mad that they they took that away from him, or was he more mad that oh they're doing something without me? And he even says, "I think you want to involve me when we destroy our kids' uh, uh, belief in Santa." And he's more mad that can they I, didn't involve him. Can I just can I ask a quick question of the judges? Sure. Is that allowed, Todd? What's that? What? Jerry, Chris, and Tim, you've all seen the Santa Claus, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know that's ludicrous. That he t- okay. I'm not going to address that ridiculous argument that doesn't hold water. We're going to what, what doesn't? I want to no, no. I want to address it. What exactly are you referring to? Time and time again throughout this, he is angry that Neil is stealing. He's angry that Neil is fathering his child more than the Christmas. I don't. That I think that was obvious. Came up. That never came up. He wasn't upset. He did the not. Resentment was all over the he, movie when he, he said he listens to me, and then he's like, "Yeah." Then he charges you for it. He's more of a mad. He wasn't spe- concerned. He wasn't concerned about Charlie. He was late and lying about while he was there. Um, that 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 he argument is the point. He didn't he, care. He was late at blunt, for, an own, for his own party. Blunt, the blunt problem he had <clears throat> that we had is that he did not like them taking away Santa. Um, I'm not going to bemoan this anymore because um, a cursory watch of that one time will will make that more than clear. Okay, sure. Uh, What I do want to get to is the problematic issues that we see in Christmas Vacation and the fact that we don't actually see a redemptive arc from Clark. Clark goes crazy on everybody, goes nuts. uh, And since we did bring up the subsequent, um, the subsequent, Seer, the, the the subsequent movies in 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 uh, the Santa Claus. I wanted to bring up that we see Clark isn't actually redeemed. Clark was mad because he wasn't able to get a pool. That was our problem. That was our 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 main complaint. He was mad so. because he worked his shake your pen Tim off so he could buy the pool. And what were they going to give him? A certificate? A a, a, a crap? You so know they took the, they were taking his bonus away after he worked so much without telling him. They blindsided him. I like and still movie. he was ma- and still he and still you know with all that tension he was you know making things happen he was like I said trying to keep his family together you know he didn't mind all those crazies showed up and stuff like that I mean uh, he got jelly of the month club actually um just so we're sticking to canon here but do you um, put that next to the wipes and the diapers for the babies but what I'm gonna say what's here that useful is, for what are you talking about <laughs> I want. <laughs> Drugs are bad, kids. Drugs are bad. No, but what I'm saying is, can you wipe your butt with a Jolly of the Month there's, certificate? Right. Tom, no Tom, that's the name of the episode. Tom, fin- Tom, episode, fin- okay. Tom, finish your thought there's, and then CJ okay. prepare for a closing there's, statement. There's, there's no lesson to be learned from, from, uh, from Christmas vacation. Yeah, it's cool. He works hard. Nothing changes. There's no lesson. Okay. Uh, you work hard and you get 
And and if your brother-in-law will kidnap somebody and cause a full-on assault from police into your home, you'll get the bonus and be able to buy a pool that you can lust after the woman in the lingerie shop at the at the mall. That's the lesson of the show. All right, CJ, what are your closing statements? Uh, my closing statements would be that I still think Tom is semi-wrong because you have a guy in Tim Allen who is so self-centered that he is reading was the night before Christmas to his child and he's just rummaging through the pages. Any person here would never do that on Christmas Eve. Why? Cause we love Christmas. He did not love Christmas. He just liked the idea of having his kid with him. I think he was self-centered and he turned into a caring, loving Santa. And to tie that all in with the bow, you have all the sayings you have uh, seeing is and believing, believing is seeing. I think it teaches a better overall lesson than the Grinch, to be honest, because I just, I do love the lesson of the Grinch. I just didn't like how long it took to get there and the things that he had to do and rob from people to get there. But the overall lesson is good, but I just think a more hearty story is the Santa Claus. Alrighty, Manny, what's your closing statement? All right. So let's be realistic here. My choice is the actual most realistic is this, what basically could happen in real life. You know, the Grinches make believe. I mean, Santa, you know, Santa's not like that. You know, I've been reading about Santa my whole life and no, he doesn't turn like that, but this is a real man, a real father. You know, he's fighting for his family. He's making all this happen. I mean, he's basically trying to force tradition into his family and, you know, get them together. I mean, those are the values that have been lost, you know, throughout times. And like I said, I identify with them on some things, you know, but if out of these three movies, something was going to happen in real life, it would be um, Clark Griswold's life and not, you know, the Grinch. You go to jail for doing half of the things he did and you definitely go to jail for killing somebody. Even if it's your own house for trespassing and you kill him, you still go to jail. So I have to, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. We're in the United States and we have stand your ground. So Tom, what's your, Tom, what's your closing statement? Stand your ground. Okay. Uh, I don't really have closing arguments. I made all of my arguments. Um, Manny made my argument for me. Uh, He likes the values of the movie. There's no lesson in Christmas Vacation. We didn't get to a lesson. We just talked about the values. Cool. I get that. I agree with you 100%. Um, But again, no lesson. Um, And if I'm comparing the two, I like the idea of somebody who doesn't have to murder Santa, have Santa's wife hauled off somewhere and um, undergo a dramatic transformation against his will to force change. I like the idea that somebody can look at the the joy that others have and get carried away and realize that there is more to Christmas than gifts. So you're making that statement for me too, right? All right. He needs to rob people first. He needs to rob children. He needs to. Okay, we're closed, guys. We're closed. Yeah, whatever. Uh, (laughs) All right, Chris, you have the pleasure of uh, untangling these Christmas lights for us. (laughs) Good luck to you. (laughs) Glad it's not me. I agree that I don't know if uh, Clark Griswold has any lesson that he's learned. He's largely unchanged, and we don't know what. The 26th is going to be like at the Griswold house. Uh, that, could, that could have been an entirely different situation. So uh, we have to assume that he's still on a downward path at the end of the, that night. So I'm going to probably skip him altogether. I don't know if that's a lesson learned. So then we come to uh, the Santa Claus, which I'm, I'm a little vague on the lesson that's learned. I guess there's like being with family and 
taking responsibility if you murder someone and taking their job. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I don't know how the Midwest works. Uh, <laughs> but I'm more inclined. I'm I'm more inclined to go with the Grinch just because he does have a pretty low point, but eventually he does rise up really high and becomes a pretty stellar person or Grinch or whatever he is. So I'm going to have to go again with, with Tom. All righty. Jerry. <laughs> I'm still laughing at that Midwest comment. Yeah. yeah. You never know how many um, people I had to go through to get my mailman job. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, Chris is right. I, I don't know if there's an actual lesson learned by Clark. Um, I mean, I think if you really fished for one, you might be able to find one. But I don't think, um, Manny, you presented the argument well enough to actually lay out what that change and what that lesson is. So I'm, I'm sorry I can't give you the point there. So really it comes down between Tom and CJ and um, – of the two, I think the the clearest lesson, the one that that really stands out the most, and and um, at least as when I was a child, and, and I'm going to try not to be you know subjective here. I'm going to try to be objective, but I think the clearest lesson would be how the Grinch stole Christmas. And I, CJ, I really think you had some really great arguments for the Santa Claus, but I think Tom actually just edged it out in his. Um, it, with, with his statements of, of you know, the, the you can actually see the change and, and all that. And for me, I, I, I don't know if um, I, I don't know if if you're correct. I, I believed at least my reading of the of the Santa Claus was that um, Scott Calvin actually did care about uh, shattering his children's, you know, perceptions and, or his child's perceptions. And so I, I have to agree with Tom there. So I think because of that, I don't know if the lesson is as significant as the Grinch's lesson. So I got to give the point to Tom as well. All righty, Tim, your judgment will not count this round, but what was the correct answer on your Tim's big board? Uh, well, of course the correct answer to this question is it's a wonderful life with the important lesson of, Hey, don't kill yourself. Cause things could always be worse. <laughs> um, uh, I doubt, but I definitely agreed with the, uh, with the, the other two judges. Uh, uh, I will say if any of you had pointed out that the original, how the crystal Grinch stole Christmas is not a movie, but in fact, a TV show, then you could have dethroned Tom, but yep. none of you did. So yep. what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, that one definitely has like, uh, as the only two-time Mary Melee winner, thanks. Uh, I have some experience talking about uh, uh, Christmas Vacation, and there's definitely not a good lesson in that movie. Uh, uh, I felt the the Santa Claus lesson, like there was the message, like there was a lot of messages, so it wasn't very focused. Whereas Tom's message was very focused. Like sometimes Christmas doesn't does Christmas doesn't come from a store. Sometimes it's a little bit more. Like that one has a focused message of you know of what it is, and so that's why I would have gone with Tom too. But I mean, I did. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> um, awesome. IMDb does list how the Grinch stole Christmas as a TV movie, and there was no specification on number two. It just said movie, so. That argument is number two. Boom! <laughs> <laughs>
All right. You already won. There's no need to keep arguing. I, I do want to tell. Yeah, I do want to tell. <laughs> but I do want to point out because uh, Mike Westfall did chime in and say he would have voted for CJ. And I and Mike Westfall also says that IMDb says a lot of wrong things. <laughs> yeah, I told CJ, Tom I, today I said he was going to win this part this round. Yeah, uh, CJ. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say it, and you never did. What? Yeah. Uh, I, it wasn't a movie. It was a special. I was going to pick Rudolph first, but I didn't do it for that reason. But I'm not going to win on a technicality. His argument was better. <laughs> I would have won on a technicality. Oh yeah, you got to win at all costs. <laughs> this is a melee. This is a melee. That's how you do it in the yeah. melee. And you thick of it, any any advantage you can get. It's the most stressful situation most of us will be in today. It's right here. So. Yep. All righty. Tom, you have pulled way ahead with two points. CJ, Manny, you have yet to be on the board. So let's move on to our third question. Manny, we'll begin with you. Quentin Tarantino stated years ago that he would only make 10 movies and then retire. He has just one film left to make. Hypothetically, let's say Tarantino will be making a Christmas movie. In what vein from his previous films should his Christmas movie follow? Well, I basically went with uh, Grindhouse. That would be, I mean, I haven't seen anything Christmas uh, in that sort, I mean, what more? What more can I say about that? I mean, imagine Santa in the desert with a yellow lens in the, you know, trying to go in the windows because there's no absolutely no chimneys, you know, evading bullets and girls with guns in their, you know, legs and stuff like that. All right, <laughs> Tom, what do you say? What kind of Christmas movie should uh, Tarantino make? All right. It doesn't come as any surprise to anybody that I love a good anti-Santa, right? The uh, the Krampus, Belschnickel thing, really, uh, I enjoy. Now, I am picturing Kill Bill, Krampus edition, right? I want to see Krampus murdering bad people. I want to see gratuitous amounts of blood and very action packed murder scenes of Krampus writing wrongs at Christmas time. All right, CJ. Uh, pretty much. I went with probably what I think is the best version and it would be Inglorious bastards. So I'll kind of run through a quick synopsis. I have it written down cause I didn't want to forget anything. So anybody who's watched it gets the basic premise, but we'll go through it. So instead of Nazis claiming war, on Jewish people and attempting to eliminate them, Hitler's biggest issues and hate towards Santa and happiness. He decides to rage wage war against Christmas and Santa himself. This is a battle of Nazi soldiers against North pole elves in this movie. It would center around Santa being exposed on Christmas Eve as he delivers presents all over the world with Germany being an obvious landing point. Even though Hitler is bandit, he's coming. There's an eventual showdown in the city of Munich. Elves strapped with North Pole made weapons and Nazis strapped with machine guns. Santa and Hitler have their big standoff. Santa presents Hitler with a gift. Hitler scoffs, but a curious look appears on his face. 
He decides to open it, and it's a 1910 cast iron toy truck, Hitler's eyes filled with tears. While Santa smiles, they give an approving nod. Just when you think there's going to be a Christmas Eve truce, Hitler's eyes then fill with rage as his army has seen him show emotion. Hitler pulls a gun and points it at Santa and screams obscenities about, about to blast Mr. Claus. And in true Tarantino fashion, you get that close-up on Santa's face where his, his emotion turns a little to anger. And you hear, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, light these Nazis' asses on fire tonight. And Rudolph dis- ascends in the air and blows fire on Hitler and his army like one of Khaleesi's dragon. And in true Tarantino fashion, the movie ends with blood, guts, fire, slow motion, close-ups, and Santa gets the girl. That's it. <laughs> okay. If that's I'm not gonna, Tarantino, I don't know what is. I want to point out. Um, Anytime he says that, he doesn't have an argument. It's like when Donald Trump says, there's no people. I have a question. I have a legit question. Sure. In the grindhouse, what part, like, like grindhouse wasn't pure Tarantino, right? Tarantino only wrote part of it. Uh, It was Rod. It was a a Rodriguez film as well. So I'm just curious. um, Are you looking at doing this as a double feature or making it purely Quentin Tarantino? Uh, One of my argument for a Kill Bill style Krampus um, I will say that Kill Bill is the most quintessential Tarantino film of the three mentioned. It's the only one that is purely from Quentin Tarantino that he wrote and directed. Uh, Inglorious Bastards is a remake, so the idea was was not entirely Tarantino. So I would like to see uh, something that is purely 100% Tarantino. Um, and Kill Bill fits that better than both of these other two ideas. Are we allowed to argue? Yes. That's what we're open. It doesn't matter if it's a re- if it's a remake. It's Inglorious Bastards made by Tarantino, and all I'm doing is taking parts of that idea and making it a Christmas movie. You're so also, we, you're also crapping all over Christmas canon. Not really. That's Tarantino. Tarantino is different. Breathe fire, and and bringing that in. His nose can spit fire. It doesn't matter. No, you're just saying this doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. It's a Tarantino movie. We all we all watched uh, Hollywood, right? The people that died did not die, and there was still fire at the end. If you look at Inglorious Bastards, there's fire at the end. I've explained a Tarantino-style film of Santa versus the Nazis, and that would be badass. I'm not, I'm not denying that at all. It would be badass. I'm also saying that Krampus going on a murder spree to save Christmas is also B.A., um, but I'm not even and, American, and, and I know that Americans love the History Channel. So, <laughs> what red-blooded American to, wouldn't love to watch Santa to. murder Hitler? That's Americana. That's what you guys are all about. <laughs> That's what we used to be about. Things have the script has changed. Well, I heard from a lot of people, different lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not terribly passionate about this question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just, know, I just know when I think quintessential Tarantino, I don't think Grindhouse. Uh, Man, I'm, I'm not gonna argue because I've seen CJ waste so much energy, and he's in the same spot I am. So 
I think we're all kind of we're all kind of right here, right? I'm yeah. competitive, yeah. and you've just decided to lose already. So. No, no, I'm not deciding to lose. But I, I mean, two rounds. I mean, and you just went full passion on that one, and I see where this is going. I'm up against the wall, man. <laughs> Got to do it. All right, Manny, give us your uh, Krampus, closing argument. Krampus. Oh, sorry, Manny, give us your closing statement on Grindhouse. I'm gonna pass this one to CJ. Oh. I like his passion. Uh, all right, Tom. Kill Bill. Yeah, I'm sticking with Christmas canon and adding elements of Tarantino. Uh, the anti the anti clauses have histories of violence. We're just upping the level of violence a little bit. We're putting we're, we're replacing a switch with a katana, and uh, we're exchanging you know a brown robe with some tight yellow murdery outfit <laughs> into the 21st century. And uh, we're watching we're watching we're watching justice happen. We're seeing <laughs> evildoers. Uh, murdered in gratuitous ways, which what gets more Quentin Tarantino than uh, murdering people gratuitously? Alrighty, and CJ, I've given you an ending that results in Santa directing to blow fire from his red nose onto Hitler himself. Like I said, if that's not Tarantino, I'm going to take the L. But I think it's hilarious, and it would be great. I'm still standing with the fact that Rudolph doesn't shoot out fire and Santa Claus is not murdery and vengeful. Tarantino is known for changing things from history. Okay. And that could be changed. Nobody's, why does his nose get red? It could be played upon. It could be teased. It could be foreshadowed. I didn't get into everything. People don't want to. All right. We're closed guys. We're closed. Calling it for execution. All right, Jerry. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, Manny, come on guy. You got to do something. (laughs) I love you, bro, but you got to get in there. Like, just po- poke it with a stick. Even a weak <laughs> argument, something. Just, but uh, okay. Um, so this was this was fun because I would like to see Krampus like just go around killing people ninja style uh, if Tarantino were going to do it. Um, and I almost gave you this point, Tom. Um, the only reason I didn't is because you tried to for that technicality about his films. But the question just says, in what vein from his previous films, not necessarily like his complete film. So even if it is a remake, it, it was still his film. Um, and so really because of that, I'm going to give it to CJ. But CJ, I mean, you you laid out like just, and I think it is because you're so passionate, you laid out just like the perfect, you know, I visualized everything uh, in, in your story. So I, I even though it does change, which annoys the heck out of me, um, I, I think I, I want to see Rudolph blowing fire from his nose and just like murdering Hitler and the Nazis. So um, I'm going to go with CJ on this one. All right, Tim, what's your judgment? Okay. Well, first of all, the uh, answer for the bonus Tim points was Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction with Samuel Jackson as You're, Santa Claus. Come on. That was my now. number two. That was my number two. You left money on the table, my friend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm going to go with Manny. He had the strongest arguments. He really wanted it the most. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, As much as I would love to see uh, a Krampus murder spree, you, you, CJ, you spelled out that uh, that you just fleshed out that wonderful story. I'm like, I want to see this. Like, I don't even like the idea of Quentin Tarantino making a Christmas movie. So, like, this entire question makes me itchy. But, like, I want to see what you described. So, I'm giving it to CJ as well. All right. CJ hops on the board with a point. Chris? CJ, you earned that one. 
Chris, yep. my vote was for CJ. doesn't count, but how are, how are you have uh, settled on this one? Uh, well, I, I, I could echo the other judges, but for, I, I think CJ's argument was so strong on this one that it would be foolish not to go with him on this one. It was it was well thought out. I wish you would have thought out the other ones. We'll see what happens next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my, my favorite part of this argument was when Manny said... Um, that was the best part right there. So. <laughs> Actually, uh, for, for our listeners and your fighters, I, I failed you on this question. CJ, if I had remembered to announce earlier that there were knockouts in uh, the melees, I would have, after your opening statement, I would have awarded you a knockout, and we wouldn't have had to do the <laughs> debate because that was fantastic. But uh, I had failed to mention that to the judges and to the fighters beforehand, so you got it would have been unfair to have it on the table without anybody knowing. So, it was kind of obvious, I, though. Yeah. It was so obvious. I can do a knockout here on the next one, right? <laughs> no knockouts for this melee. We'll have to wait till okay. the next one to start knockouts. So, but that uh, can uh, I point out that uh, Mike Westfall from the Advent Calendar podcast is in the chat, and he had a, a even better answer: Jackie Brown in Christmas Town. There you go. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would have won on title alone. Yeah, for real. Manny, That's you need this said. one to. You, Manny, you need this one to stay alive to have a shot at the speed lightning round, quick round, fast round. Tom, no matter what happens, you are in the speed fast lightning round. So, congratulations, sir. Thank you. Yes. That doesn't mean take it easy because you can still earn points to increase your lead. So, all right. So Tom, we'll be starting back with you again. Okay. Which TV Uh, show boss would make the most interesting Ebenezer Scrooge? Well, first of all, I want to piggyback off of the terribly timed joke that Manny made. That's what she said. I think that just goes to speak to how iconic my pick is in, in pop culture. And I'm going with the office, Michael Scott as Santa or as a Ebenezer Scrooge. And the reason I'm going with him is because Ebenezer is always well put together or usually well put together. And I like the, the, uh, you know, um, I personally like the the Christmas carols where Ebenezer is a little off or, or has something different. And so I'm seeing in this, uh, Michael Scott does not uh, really value uh, – Michael Scott uses others much as Scrooge does, right? Like he steps all over Dwight. He treats Dwight poorly. Um, so in my casting here, I'm going all out. I've got Michael Scott on Christmas Eve – He's he's bemoaning, thinking of making everybody or on, on the December 23rd, going to make everybody come in just so he's not alone on Christmas Eve. Feels very Michael Scott that night. He gets he, he uh, has a little bit too much of the eggnog and experiences um, his own uh, uh, a Christmas carol. So he's visited by his previous boss who is dead, who tells him you need to do more than just focus on work. And uh, throughout the evening, he's visited by three specters, as Ebenezer Scrooge is wont to do. Our ghost of Christmas past is Todd Packer, comes up and gives him very harsh realities about, you know, what things could have been like when he knew him. Uh, We've got our ghost of Christmas present, which is going to be Kevin, 
a bumbling fool who is a uh, kind of obsessed with food and all the other, um, uh, uh, you know, just, just very, he's very basic in his, his likes of the worldly things. Uh, and then our look at Christmas future, he has a very special visit from Creed who uh, goes a little on the, on the dark side, showing Michael how he's going to die. Um, yes. Yes. I do like Harry Winkler and a Christmas Carol. Um, I also rather enjoy Mr. Magoo as uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, so I'm seeing a very, a very comedic thing. Um, no, Tim Creed is an old character on the office who smells like mung beans. Um, I, so unfortunately I, I, I do need to say, I am not picking the Scott Stapp. They're very nutritious. Band, they smell like death. The band. They do smell like death, which is why he is the ghost of Christmas future. So um, he has that death, that smell of death. And at the end, uh, he gives his employees time off and goes and spends Christmas Eve with his good friend, finally accepting the invitation from Dwight. Okay. CJ. Hmm. Okay. I have a quick question because the way you worded the question, uh, you said, hint, you might be asked questions or to build a cast. Do you want us to build a cast like Tom just did? If you feel, if you feel it's your best shot to win, yes. Okay, sure. Um, just a show of hands here because I took a risk. Has anybody here seen The Sopranos? Okay, I figured. So I'll try to break it down as best as I can. I chose Tony Soprano as Scrooge. And I'm going to tell you why. Because unlike Michael Scott, Tony Soprano actually has a very questionable past where he's been horrible to people and even murdered people. Um, I think if there's anybody who is a boss of North Jersey and a crime family, if there's anyone that needs a visit from the ghost of Christmas past future and yet to come, it's Tony Soprano. And I think it could be hilarious. Um, I'll try to break it down because you guys haven't seen it. Crash it would be Georgie. Georgie is basically the guy that works at the bank. It's a strip club. He literally gets everything thrown at him by Tony. He gets a, a pool, a pool ball thrown in his eye. He gets ice thrown at him he gets an ice tray beat over his head so that's got to be cratchit Marley would be jack april he was the boss who got cancer and died the boss role to jackie the ghost of christmas past would be adriana laserva spoiler alert she was killed at the uh, request of tony soprano for being a rat so she's already died and she can show him everything he's done in the past and the ghost of christmas present would obviously be his psychiatrist jennifer melfi who is played by uh what's her name uh, i can't remember her name tim might know this tim who's the wife in goodfellas lorraine brocco sorry now i just remembered it she is his psychiatrist job, in the show <laughs> so I, I got it. As soon, she's a psychiatrist in the show. So I think she would be a perfect uh, ghost of present to show Tony what he's done and where his actions have led him to go. And the ghost of Christmas yet to come would be Tony Blundetto played by um, Steve Buscemi. He was, he played Tony Soprano's cousin in the show for one season. And they actually did a foreshadowing when Tony Soprano was shot by his uncle junior. He went in a coma to a place that they perceived as almost hell. And Tony Blundetto 
had been murdered in the show and he tried to get Tony to come into a house, which I think they were foreshadowing was hell. And Tony was afraid to go in. And just before he went in, he came out of it, out of his coma. And he see, I think Tony Blundetto would be a perfect ghost of Christmas yet to come to show Tony the hell that he'll be in. if He doesn't change his ways and changing his ways is not even guaranteed that things are going to get better for him. I just think it would be funny because as much as, the Sopranos is a drama and very serious. It's actually pretty funny, really okay. funny. So okay. I think that would actually really make a good special or a good movie. Okay, Manny. All right. Well, I went with Annalise Keating from how to get away with murder and Viola Davis. I mean, what, be- what better choice than that? And as part of, you know, the uh, ghost of Christmas past, I would put in um, Sam Keating, her husband, and of the ghost of Christmas future would be Wes, um, Wes Gibbons. Uh, I mean, with all the skeletons and all the crap that she has in her closet, that would make hell of, you know, of a Christmas carol. I mean, she would need to have a bunch of ghosts, you know, just to get through that based on all the things that she's done. And she's definitely somebody that, you know, needs to go through that process. And the way she's done it, you know, just with a smile on her face and all the cover ups that she's done. I mean, I would put a few more ghosts in there and, you know, see what happens. I wish I could have mixed her up, you know, Annalise and, uh, and uh, what's her? Oh, man. From the Suicide Squad, Amanda Waller just mixed both personalities on just so I could get, you know, a good Christmas carol going on there. But anybody that's seen How to Get Away with Murder, you know, they could probably know where I'm going with that. Okay, floor is open, guys. You guys ever watched um, Billy Madison? Do you remember yeah. the part when Billy Madison just goes on and on and the guy says, none of what you just said makes absolutely no sense. And all of us are even dumber for heavy listening to it. That's how I feel right now. Um, Not for my, you, Tom. My response but I will, to Manny was going to be who? Uh, yeah, who? I had to uh, Google that person. I did too, which um. I mean, in all fairness, I will say I don't know The Sopranos because I haven't seen it, but I do know it is a huge cultural icon um, here in the States. The thing I, the thing I have a question about, though, like uh, uh, an iconic part of Scrooge is that he isolates himself. He's alone. It's all about work. Um, despite what he tries, it just he, he invests everything in work and there's nothing left to his life. Tony Soprano, I thought, though, is a pretty strong family guy and like has that strong, familiar relationship and is really all about taking no. care of his own, right? Tony Soprano like is family, a classic. His, his wife, he's a his classic children. sociopath. He's a classic well, narcissist. He makes it seem like the family, but he's so far from his family and involved in his work because all he cares about is money because that's what the mob cares about. And what did Scrooge care about? Bottom dollar. That was it, right? So that's but, where I found the parallels with Tony Soprano. And where I have I a problem that. with you I, in the office, listen, I thought of the office. I thought it'd be a great idea. But then I thought to myself, what does Michael Scott have in his past that would warrant a visit from them just because he's used people? Isn't that all Scrooge no, like, did? He lost his love for work. That was his whole path. Uh, Scrooge ruined people's lives. Michael Scott did not ruin people's lives. He tried to Actually, make people's lives did. better. Michael Actually, Scott isn't did. a Scrooge character he because he's not fired. evil at heart. Uh, he does. When it comes down to like just Ooh. like Scrooge, when it comes down to me, um, he fired. He got he fired people and got paid a bonus for doing so. 
Um, yeah, and I love both of these shows, so I know who you're talking about. He had he to was, find somebody, and he, he waited to the end of Halloween because he didn't want to do it because he's he, a good guy. And he tried he, to fire Creed, not a and good Creed guy. said, don't fire me, fire someone else. And he said, okay, Creed, and he had to. It was, they called him at the last point of the day and said, you need to but fire this person. At the, he didn't want to do it. Michael the, Scott is a kind and gentle soul, and he would not make a good he, Scrooge he because is? he does not have a checkered past. What is what Michael is, Scott's checkered when, past? When being a mat format for people doesn't have it so nobody here watch how to get away with murder you're just <laughs> no, leaving at least cheating on the side Scrooge absolutely has the recording and let He's these people go read the synopsis for the that's show that's not what they visit that's not what they visit <laughs> ruined people's at- lives what is wrong with you guys you're leaving and at least cheating in the bench right now no have you read no carol could you imagine no listen well well let me finish i have a question we have so when when the ghost of Christmas comes, why is Annalise Keating on the bench? Why? <laughs> no one watched this, this show. Yes, they have. Who, nobody knew who she was. We everybody on this call had to Google her. So everybody go Google her. We did. Google her. And at the end of her, we're like, if she's not important enough for anybody on this call to know, every one of us being the pop culture people that we are, I don't think she warrants our time for discussion. No, that's Viola Davis. I don't know who that is either. <laughs> You don't know who Viola Davis is? Come on, I know who she is. Uh, so, is your window the, open right now? Because lightning's about to strike you, buddy. The, the checkered past that Scrooge had was he had a girlfriend who he spent more time collecting money for for his job, robbing people for. And let me let me ask you a question. Whoa, Can I ask you why is Annalise still sitting on the bench? Why is she sitting on the bench? Because nobody. She's a bigger badass than Tony Soprano. Can she we, killed we, people. She helped cover up murders. Well, and wait, got away with question? it. That's what we're talking about. How to I get away with finished. murder. I, still I honestly just want to ask a question. One point. That's fine. Let me okay, finish my one point. What is wrong right, with all right, you? Tom make, Tom, make this your closing statement. Well, not my closing statement. I'm not ready for a closing statement. Yes, Tom, shut up. I keep getting yelled at about some absolute rando that nobody knows. And some show that's maybe what I'm like, I don't know, Drew TV. I don't know what the... Who is nobody? Everybody knows but you. And you, and you, and you too. Okay, can we mute him? <laughs> okay, so what I want to come back to, though, Scrooge. This is your closing statement, just so you know. No, it's not. Okay, well then I'm going to take a little extra time. I want to say Scrooge did not sure. rob people. What he did was he did not have compassion. There is a difference between robbing and compassion. Okay, we have to get that. I want to get that out of the way. Okay, so now my okay. closing statement. What I will say, absolutely. Michael will do whatever it takes to get Michael ahead. We saw that he threw, he threw Dwight under the bus. He caused, he cost Dwight uh, his most Dwight. For those of you who have not seen that Dwight is a little puppy dog who is nothing but loyal to, to, to Michael and sees him as like, like Michael can do no wrong. Dwight will always go up to bat for Michael or Dwight will always go up to bat for Michael. But when Michael has a chance to help Dwight get a promotion, he sabotages him. Michael is a great guy who wants to help people. Only so that they will like him. But when it comes to serving his own needs, he will throw them under the bus. And at the end of the day, throughout the show, Michael ended up alone and didn't have family. And he had family at the end and he had kids. uh, Uh, So Tony Soprano had family and um, ended up unchanged as well. If that's what we're we're going with Tony Soprano, um, Saw the value. Sony Soprano saw the value of family. His wife and kids meant the world to him. Um, this Ooh, is, I, I, you're, 
You've admitted you haven't watched this show no. and you're sitting here telling me what it's about. Be, you're well, you're be, wrong. Because I went and, and checked with several Sopranos fans because this was one area I knew I didn't have time to cram Sopranos. And I knew you'd have some sort of ridiculous idea of why mafia equals Scrooge. That just makes no sense. No, no, I've uh, not. You, researched mafia Soprano, mafia. you just wrote me off before you got here. It was that mafia. obvious. I didn't know who she was. I never heard of the show. So but, I knew nobody I knew there was a good chance nobody else here did. Okay, I let me do Soprano, right? Danny up right, before CJ. it even starts. CJ, CJ, closing statement, CJ. So here's my closing statement. Uh I think the, I, I'm gonna give you the reason the office. It's because I couldn't find evil enough people. What you've described in Michael Scott is nothing more than a bad friend. He's not evil. He cares more about other people than anybody that's watched the show knows that. Okay. Now ask yourself another question. Could you by charity and them saying uh, we, we want you to donate to children and we really need you to do this. Could you picture Michael Scott saying, then do it. Michael Scott actually did fake donating to ch- ch- charity. Asking him what say? for a donation and, and saying, and him just telling them to F off because he has the Michael history let, and Michael let, the story that required. Don't interrupt me. This is my closing. Mike, but you're, you're misspeaking. You're being, you interrupted me during mine. No, I'm not. You did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Michael Scott did Same promise Michael's say. kids. He promised to send an entire group of kids to college when he knew he couldn't afford it. When it came time, he did everything he could to weasel out of telling them until he had to. And you had an entire room of kids who thought they were going to college who weren't all right Manny. but he bad. made the effort to do it and he the did. quote was at he the end the- he said i thought i'd be a lot richer than i was showing he has a big heart you're losing this argument effort. michael scott he is not a good effort he doesn't have Michael's he doesn't lack a moral word. compass he said Scrooge lacks a moral compass he doesn't want to spend time with his family his family hate all right manny <laughs> what's the point nobody knows who i'm talking about <laughs> But you know what? This is my closing statement. Annalise Keating, she's such a good soul that she helped cover up her own husband's murder along with other people. And then she taught, she was, she taught law. So she taught other students how to cover up murders, how to get away with a bunch of illegal crap. And you just bench, you just bench me in my argument over here. You're too busy, like, the Sopranos that you wrote it off. I, we should pause this, and somebody should go watch at least, you know, the resumed version of how to get away with murder. So you know what badass I'm talking about. This has made me never want to watch the show, and I haven't even watched it yet. <laughs> you know right. what? That's why I'm still not going to listen to your podcast. <laughs> I listen to your podcast. We haven't put out a new episode in about a year. Oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. All right. What was the name? What was the name you had for my podcast? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Christmas, Mary never posts anymore. <laughs> All right. All righty. Tim, meet. give us your. Uh, wait, wait, before you vote, before you vote, <laughs> can we just read? Can, can one of the judges make sure? Can the judges make sure they consult what the audience is saying? And I'm going to quote Mike Westflo. It says, CJ just got away with murder. <laughs> Tim, give us your well informed opinion on these shows and uh, these Scrooges. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, no bonus 10 points this round because the correct answer was Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Ooh. Oh, dang, that would have been go through the entire thing and be completely unchanged at the end. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, 
<laughs> I have seen none of the three of these shows. So you are all at equal footing. Everything you brought is all I got. Uh, well, that's not true. That's the thing. All three of these shows are good enough that they like they have seeped into the cultural zeitgeist enough that I know about all three of them. Yes, even how to get away with murder on CBS. Finally! <laughs> Watch back episodes now on Paramount Plus. Um, <laughs> Dark Paramount, enough said. We are being sponsored, right? By Paramount yes, Plus. Yes, absolutely. Or? Paramount Plus. Okay, okay. Make sure I filled that congressional Checks in obligation. So um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I am a two-time winner of the Merry Melee and the only person who can make that claim. Uh, and as such, you really got to go into the question for how you answer it. And the question was, who would make the most interesting Ebenezer Scrooge? Uh, I, I got to say, Michael Scott, the comedic Ebenezer Scrooge, I think we've seen a lot of. I don't know if that would be the most interesting Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, Tony Soprano. Ah, like there is there is a level of to which like the, from what you described, it didn't feel like he was going to be able to be, be an like interest, like not interesting. But the idea of Viola Davis uh, whatever her actual character's name is, she teaches a class on how to get away with murder, who has done all these awful things in her life, being being a, a gender-swapped Scrooge. That is interesting. And Manny, your strategy finally paid off. You just sat back and let them rope-a-dope each other, and the only time you hopped in was to derail the con conversation with nonsense, making sure nothing else got accomplished, and it worked for you because Manny gets my vote. All right, Manny gets the vote from Tim. All right, Chris. Check your red mole, Tim. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I didn't think. I'm really surprised by that. That's that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here wondering what just happened. <laughs> I, can, I Tim's argument is strong, honestly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let me start with Tom and Michael Scott. Uh, I love The Office. I can totally see that working i feel like all the characters there's so many other characters. you could go a total different route with every single uh, uh character and it would still work um the sopranos i uh i've had the opportunity to see the sopranos it's not like i i i'm uh jonesing for an hbo plus like a subscription or whatever i just think it's so boring and to hear you talk about like Tommy Spaghetti is this and Don Parmesan is this, it was, <laughs> I, it was unbearably boring for me. Uh, so I, I, I can't go with that at all. It's a little racist, but it's all good. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, are, are, is it a cartoon? Like, maybe it's actual like things in a, like a refrigerator. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Manny almost got it, but it has to go. Uh, again, I have to go with Tom and Michael Scott in the office. Alrighty, Jerry, what's your judgment? <laughs> Man, now, now uh, remember, I, Jerry, I you can Jerry, you can pick whichever fighter you want. If it's a three-way tie, I will be the tiebreaker. So just to clarify <laughs> so, the rules there. This is another one. Or, or I'm like Tim. I know of these shows. I've never seen any of these shows. Oh, no. Okay, I don't know how to get away with murder. That's that's just <laughs> I don't know that at all. 
Um, but Tim actually had the best argument of the whole round. So I, I actually want to go with Manny because it's true. That is the most interesting Ebenezer Scrooge Viola Davis. So my point goes to Manny there. Manny with the point. Tim. Dark Horse. Congratulations, Tim. Even when I'm judging, I'm winning rounds. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I compete next time? But Tim, can you write my stuff for me? <laughs> All right, guys, we have to go to a tiebreaker. So, Tom, just uh, relax on this one, and we'll see you in the speed, quick, lightning, fast round. And uh, Manny, CJ, you guys are up next in the tiebreaker to see who goes on to the fast, lightning, speed round. All right, CJ, where is the best place to get a last-minute Christmas gift? I thought it was a bit skewed because I think a lot of the stores that we have in common, I think it's just really Walmart. So I went in a way to use a store at Niagara on the Lake and you could also use it in any city because most cities do have a Christmas store and they close at 5 PM Christmas Eve. I went with your local Christmas store, which is mine would be just Christmas. Most of them close at 5 PM. So that's late enough to go and get a gift. And what better way to get a gift than an actual memory from Christmas? You can step into the store and instead of going to a Walmart or somewhere that you would just pick up a frame or what's left on a shelf, a lot of these local businesses still have heavy shelves of Christmas memories. So I think the best place to go for a last minute Christmas gift would be an actual Christmas store, shop local, especially in these times. And buy a memory for somebody instead of something they're just going to, th- they're going to throw out in probably just a couple of weeks. So you can bring, uh, you can buy them. So what I was saying is that you can go to a local store and buy a Christmas ornament or any type of toy. And the person is more likely to cherish that than a 15 pack of gum you would get at Walmart. Um, I think I've always said this. One of the most special things you could do is tie an ornament or a decorative piece from Christmas to a memory. And I think someone's more likely to enjoy an actual Christmas item than something you've just picked up off a shelf at Walmart, like a pregnancy test or whatever it is you buy there. So I just think that it has more sentimental value to shop local at your local Christmas store. They close at five and it's very doable and it would mean a lot more. All right. That's, that's what I went with. Manny. What? Do not cut that out. Leave the awkward silence, please. Now, I chose Walmart, as CJ mentioned 37 times. Wait, no, 38. Why Walmart? Because it, it, it doesn't matter where you're going. If it's the last minute, you could find anything in Walmart. Yeah, just like you said, pregnancy test, a 15-stick pack of gum. You could find a toy. You could also find parts for the Christmas village. Of, you know, somebody's collecting, you know, items for a Christmas village. You could still find that there at, at the last minute at Walmart. You could find your ornaments. You could find your Hallmark ornaments. You could find any type of Christmas-related uh, gift. Or you could just go to the toy aisle and, you know, get toys, then walk by the Christmas section and get Christmas related gifts. Then you could also go all the way to the grocery section. You know, if you also have to, you know, you're going to a party, you have to cook something, something last minute, you're going to make your dessert. 
you know, oh gosh, you forgot your turkey, your ham. You could also get that at Walmart. And what am I forgetting? Oh my gosh, you're just walking down there. Oh, this is a nice t-shirt too. I've, I I believe, you know, this aunt's going to be at this party too. So why not pick this t-shirt up too? Do you have, a, do you have turkey? Do you have ham at just Christmas? No, you don't. No, you Who don't. Someone a turkey for Christmas. So you're going to go empty handed. It's a last minute thing. You have to do something. It's a last minute thing. But then you say, okay. And, you know, times like this, you know, like last year, I mean, I was a weapon of mass destruction on Christmas because I had COVID. But guess what? I could still go to Walmart, order on the app exactly what I wanted and park in that spot. And they would put it in my trunk without the need of a mask, a sanitizer or anything because they had enough social distancing from me. And I had everything that I needed for the last minute shopping. But if you're inside the store, you're still walking down the aisle. Oh, look at that. You know. You know, you have the drinks there, you have the soda. Oh, you have the red and green cups. You know, you know go to this party. You know, I'm, I'm the type of person that does not, does not show up empty-handed. So, you know, you continue. You just went in for one last-minute thing, but guess what? You just did all your shopping. It's pretty cheap, too. And it's everything's right there. I still, I'm still walking. I'm going to go pay at the register. Oh, my gosh, look at this. By the register, last-minute, you know, gifts for, you know, for the little cousins, you know, the just-in-case presents. For the other people there, oh, there's going to be a lot of kids. So, you know, you're going to have grown up time, you know, meet up with friends or family you haven't seen in a long time. You know, board games for these kids and stuff like that. That's, that's just last minute. You know what? I was just covered. Not just Christmas. All right. Floor is open. Okay. So I'm just going to say this. Is anyone else surprised that he just explained that he wants to go to Walmart, not support local, which everybody should do right now? especially after a pandemic, but is anyone surprised well, the local that shop you would have that opinion while breaking protocol and going to Walmart in your car while having COVID? You've just admitted it on a podcast. I drive a pickup. And you, can you left your house while you had COVID. You the back of the not allowed. You legitimately <laughs> left your house while you had COVID. So it doesn't shock me that you don't see the value in shopping you local. Put the stuff in the trunk. You put the stuff in the trunk. You don't have to open for anything. Look, look at that. You put it in the back of a pickup. Put everything there. No social contact. Nothing. Guys, just Christmas. When you can, I just ask a simple question. When you have COVID, are you supposed to leave your house? You're not supposed to interact with other people. You're not supposed to go to your house. Okay, CJ, CJ, give us uh, your closing statement on why just Christmas is the best place. My option was buying local, supporting local, because that money is going to go to somebody to help them at Christmas. And you might just create more memories with the gift you give somebody. Sure, you can find that stuff at Walmart, but it's a big box store and you're not helping anybody but the big guys. And he's just explained that he would go there with COVID, which I still find insane. I just hope I went on that basis. Manny. All right. I gave you the two options. I told you, like, my case last year that I had COVID, you could shop online and they'll put it in the back of your car, in the back of, you know, your pickup bed. You could do that. But if you don't have COVID and you have a nice mask, you could walk around and get the stuff that you need, not just what's available there. And, you know, if I'm going to go by your argument, shop local, like I said, the local shop was closed due to COVID. So guess what? The closest thing I have, and it's three minutes from my house, it's a Walmart. It's living proof. Has anybody been to a Walmart on Christmas Eve? The shelves are bare, so I think you're living in an imaginary world here. What Walmart do you go to? The only store that we have in common in the States and Canada is Walmart. Like, we don't really have much else. I'm sorry for you. All right. It's okay. (laughs) Great arguments, guys. Chris. I really really am sad I was not involved in this tiebreaker. (laughs) I'm very sad. 
I was sitting here thinking of all the wrong things that both of them said. So, judges, if you need any help, if you need any help breaking down the arguments, tag me in, coach. And I was going for a knockout on this one. Man, okay, this one was eye opening. <laughs> I- <laughs> yeah. This 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 one surprises me a lot. Um, first of all, I just want to say straight up, I don't think anyone's surprised that someone with COVID is going to Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that being said, I I would like to thank Manny for walking us through his local Walmart step by step. Uh, CJ, I uh, I can see why you were at disadvantage here, uh, and I would I wish I, I wish you would have gone with a local store around you, even if it wasn't a store that we don't share in common. I think the argument could have been made a lot better. Uh, going with a Christmas store, I would be so bummed if someone brought me lights for Christmas. <laughs> And that's why so, you're not a Christmas podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that that being said, I, I I have to go with Manny Walmart. It was Manny's to it was Manny's to lose, and he held on. So that, I, yeah, Manny. All right, <laughs> Manny gets the vote from Chris. Jerry, what do you say? So I've gotten many last minute gifts at Walmart, uh, but I actually would be pretty jazzed as and this is because i sell lights for a living i would be pretty jazzed if someone got me lights as a last minute christmas gift so i'm actually gonna go with uh with cj there Alrighty. and tim it all comes down to your judgment on who goes to these speedy quick round unlimited power Speaking of didn't land, um, (laughs) (laughs) took a turn. (laughs) Uh, So you know one thing they do have in Canada, and that would have gotten you the ten points. Target. No, they don't. It's been removed as of two years ago. What? Yeah, I just googled it. It said Target Ontario. That's in Canada still, right? No, they're they're not here anymore. They got taken out like um, I think about two years ago. There could be like maybe one or two locally, but yeah, they're gone. They were here though. Well, Target is still, it's like Walmart, but less smelly. Um, (laughs) I got to say, you were strong with the shop local. I was like, oh, that is a good point. But then you're like, so convenient because it's open till five. Who's off work at five? There ain't nobody off work at five. So I got to give it to Manny because Walmart's got the choices. The correct answer is CVS. Wait, you going to buy condoms uh, for Christmas? Check my notes. Nope, still Target. <sighs> okay. So, uh, oh, I need our- band-aids. Manny pulls out. Manny must be a slow starter. Finishes strong. Pulls into a tie with Tom at two points apiece, going to the speedy quick round. CJ, mm. stick around because we might need your judgment on this. And CJ, if I was you, I would have went with Toys R Us. 
because they still have them in Canada. <laughs> Us is out of business. Not in Canada. They're- Not in Canada. Uh, I'm moving to Canada. I personally would like a Christmas ornament for Christmas, but I guess I'm not with other Christmas podcasters, so it's all good. Hey, I was with you. And uh, Manny, I appreciate you uh, you opening up and giving us your exact thought processes as you go through Walmart. So, <laughs> well, let me share this one real quick. Let me share this one. Real quick. Let me sh- no, no. Let me share this one. And this one is podcast related. I had to do an episode of that famous uh, podcast, Totally Rad Christmas. And I went to buy the Gremlins movie. Oh, yeah. Because I would save like 24 cents compared to, you know, getting a digital. I ended up spending $148 (laughs) because I went by the Christmas aisle and I bought everything Christmas. So it cost me $148 to be on Jerry's podcast. You're welcome. All right. Let's move on to the lightning round this round. I will give you guys the question, Manny, Tom, um, whoever answers first. These are questions that you guys have not seen before. Whoever answers first gets to go first. If you both say the same answer at approximately the same time, it's whichever person I hear first. I know with internet lag, that might be a little tricky, but I'll do the best I can to see uh, who I hear first. You will have, this is a completely uninterrupted round. You will first have a uh, 20 second opening statement. And when you hear this sound, that means your, your 20 seconds is over. Then the other person will have 20 seconds uninterrupted. And then there will be a 10 second rebuttal for each of you. And your time will not start for your argument until you begin to speak. Um, As someone who's won the Mary Melee twice, did I mention that? I think I did. Uh, I want to warn you, that time goes faster than you think, so plan accordingly. And I will give you guys fair warning. This first question is multiple choice, so listen to all the possibilities before C. you pick. Julia Roberts. All right. All right. <clears throat> Just in case. Celebrity Deathmatch. Snowmiser. Versus Heat Miser. Snow Miser. All right, Manny, you have Heat Miser. Tom, you will go first. Your 20 seconds will not begin until you begin speaking. Okay. So I think that the issue, the interesting thing here is what do we con what do we consider the celebrity death match? I'm looking at what what is somebody I would I would cheer for, I would root for somewhere I would want to be. I want to be in Snow Miser's territory. He is uh uh Everything that I love, all of the cold, all of the, the goodness that I that I wrap around Christmas, I hate heat. Heat is miserable. All righty, Manny, your 20 seconds will not begin till you begin to speak. Heat Miser will melt the crap out of Snow Miser. He will jump from the third rope and make sure that he digs a heated hole in the middle of his stomach. Take the time remaining for you, Todd. <laughs> all right stickler for the rules all right tom your 10 second rebuttal that didn't happen there were there was there was somewhat of a stasis between the two as we saw they had to go to mother nature uh their their mother to uh, uh settle their dispute it was not a quick knockout uh, frick that went fast no it didn't you were just stuttering the whole nine seconds okay <laughs> Be careful, Manny. I could have started your time. You could have. You should. That okay. is part of it. By the rules. Right. 
All right, whenever you're ready, Manny. After all the stuttering, the hole was still dug on the chest. And then he went back and he did. You can't see me. Five knuckle shuffle on him. I thought that was 20 seconds, too. No, 10 seconds on the rebuttal. How did you think it was 20 seconds? You said I settled the whole nine seconds. No, for your, for so your one part, time not mine. Short, one time, why would you get more time than me? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Jerry. Snow miser, heat miser. Based on the arguments? <laughs> I uh, I'm going to go with snow miser and Tom. I don't know why. <laughs> what, 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 what arguments? He was just starting. <laughs> All right. Christmas podcast and we love cold. Careful, sir. All right. Tim. (laughs) I am a judge here. All right. Well, we finally have a winner of some bonus Tim points. (laughs) Because it was multiple choice, someone was bound to. (laughs) And it was Heat Miser. Congratulations on the use of those points. And uh, yeah, of course, heat is going to melt snow. I like snow too, but heat versus snow, heat wins. So, Manny, you got it. And I'm from Miami. All right. Chris. Uh, I mean, it has to be heat, right? Heat beats snow. Like, it, it, like snow is not going to overwhelm heat. All right. Manny with the point. Manny is pulled into the lead Uh-oh. with three points to two. <laughs> what uh-huh. is happening? <laughs> <laughs> where's, where's the TVA? I think we just switched <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Next. Speed lightning fast quick round. Question. Which Christmas icon has ran its course and needs to fade away? The Grinch. Manny with Rudolph. The All right. Manny, your 20 seconds will begin as soon as you begin to speak. Obviously, the Grinch, how many remakes, you know, uh, TV shows, uh, books, uh, movies, you know, it's it's run its course, you know, he's bad, then he turns good, blah, 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 yada, yada, the same thing over and over. Right. I don't want to hear that buzzer while I'm talking. <laughs> Tom. Well, I will say, um, instead of making my argument, I'm going to argue with Manny's. In 2018, the new Grinch uh, had a worldwide gross of $511 million and does not have problematic themes throughout the episode, throughout his his storyline, like Rudolph does. Rudolph is very much a product of its time and has some serious issues. uh, Manny, your 10-second rebuttal? So what? I mean, it's the same thing over and over again. It ran its course by that time, so I stopped watching. Made my point. Wasn't didn't care for it. And Tom, five hundred eleven million dollars worldwide gross. Apparently, the world does not agree with you. When has Rudolph done that? Rudolph uh, deals with some serious. It has a lot of serious plot. Oh. All right. <clears throat> Tim, Grinch or Rudolph? Well, no bonus 10 points this round because the Christmas icon that we are done with is Elf on a Shelf. We're looking for Elf on a Shelf that can go away oh. and will not be missed by anyone. Um, uh, I got to give props to the great counter argument. So what? 
<laughs> Classic debate tactics. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure where to go with this until Tom mentioned how outdated the the moral uh, almost of Rudolph is in, in terms of like you're out you're ostracized until you're useful to us. So yeah, I could see and and also that the Grinch made money recently. So yeah, I'm going to give it to Tom. Alrighty, Chris. I uh, I'm a stickler for tradition. I like older things. I like uh, I'm sort of set. I don't like a lot of contemporary Christmas content. Uh, that being said, I don't care for the Grinch movies. Uh, the new the new ones are all I like. I like the original. I, I think it's a it's, it's a delight to watch. It's very palatable. It's easy. It's short. Uh, I don't think that it's run its course because there's. I don't even think about those other movies at all. So it's, they're not part of my like lexicon. So I'm more than happy to continue on and to continue watching the Grinch. Um, and I can't say the same for the other. So I, I mean, I don't care one way or the other about Rudolph. I don't think. All right. So you're going Tom. I, I will take the, I, I will take the point because I don't care. I will gladly take an I don't care point. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> All right. Jerry, what would Jerry, how would you weigh in on this? Well, um, Tom didn't really get a chance to make his point because 20 seconds is so short, but he made his point earlier by showing us that it was the uh it, it has the best lesson uh the Grinch does. So I even though I love Rudolph, I'd probably um would go with Tom All on right. that one. How would you wait in, CJ? I'm just here so I don't get fined. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) All right, guys, we have a this melee has turned into a Donnybrook. We are all tied up at three apiece. So that means Donnybrook. Yep. I don't know what that means. Okay, <laughs> okay so, I thought it was just me. I thought, oh, everybody's nope. on board for Donnie. Oh, it's a Donnybrook, everybody. Oh, we all know what that is, right? So, so that means this <laughs> next. Donnie Brook, like a how to get away with murder. Nobody knows what it is. It's postman yep. jokes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this next question decides who the winner of this melee is. So all, all that you guys have put in, all your effort boils down to this last question the best christmas song for karaoke jingle bells last christmas lamb okay jingle bells and last christmas manny your 20 seconds will begin when you begin to speak I can't sing that song sober. I only go to karaoke's when I'm drinking, so I'll stick to Jingle Bells. <laughs> All right, Tom. During the rest of the year, I don't see things like row, row, row your boat at karaoke. That's just not what people go for. They go for things they can belt out that have like that, ha- that are fun and you get energized with. And the, that music from Wham, I'm telling you, you just get going. The, uh, when you're singing Last Christmas, it's, it's right up there with the other 80s hits that are popular at karaoke nights. 
Not. Alrighty. Manny, your 10 second rebuttal. You're right, Tom. You're completely right. That karaoke where you go to, not the one I go to. We're too drunk to sing that. And Tom. I don't think for me, being drunk doesn't uh, has never inhibited my ability to read. With karaoke, you have the words right there. Um, I don't know. Maybe Puerto Rico has different karaoke than America. But uh, all right. Puerto Rico is part of America. <laughs> Racist well, comment of the okay. night goes to Tom from Tis the Podcast. It, it is, it is, but I mean, like, like, then the mainland. <laughs> nope, nope, don't try and dig yourself out of the hole. Just, just sit in the hole for a I minute and said do. Mainland and no, I that would have been like. Call me a pedophile one more time. It's okay. <laughs> okay. One time you call a judge a pedophile. One time. <laughs> All right, Chris. <laughs> Jingle bells at karaoke. That's not even a thing. Jingle bells are for last Christmas. The oh, don't don't make don't make me prove you wrong. I would go down the street right now with a camera and show you that they will sing Jingle Bells out of the blue. Imagine going to a karaoke bar. You walk in, your height, you 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 have your numbers already written down so you can give the guy, and you walk in and someone's singing Jingle Bells. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like what version of it? Just 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 Jingle just Jingle Bells. It's 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 it feels like it's like a, a scene in a movie where they couldn't get the rights to any songs, and so they just uh, let's have them sing Jingle Bells. <laughs> it's such a weird choice. <laughs> such a weird choice. It has to be Wham. Wham like Wham already is fun to sing, so uh, for, for sure it has to be Wham. Alrighty, Jerry. Yeah, I mean I can't say better than that, so it's Wham. Alrighty, Tom. You have joined Tim as the only as two. One of the only two-time Mary two-time Mary Melee. I am champions. still under Tim though, because if you'll remember, Tim's second win was beating me despite trying to pay too much. Now I have a question: How does Tom win with eighty percent of his arguments not finished? How does he get points for because that? He didn't say jingle bells. <laughs> jingle bells <laughs> at the end. unless you guys have a you know you have know you go to the future. The which song okay no, let's, okay let's go with your puerto rico statement you think they they know what it's saying wham no they'll go with jingle bells because they could actually sing it the non-english speakers <laughs> they will go with jingle bells so what are you saying so what are you saying on a normal what are you singing in a normal time of year with are y'all singing row 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 your boat mary had a little lamb i mean i'm just curious like you don't know that like, yankee like what's a what's a wild crazy think- night Daddy Yankee, you could listen to that, you know, could sing it in Puerto Rico or in China. I'd pay you a thousand dollars if you could sing Gasolina. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, put your money where your mouth is. Mike, that's what Mike Westfall said. Mike Westfall said, All I want for Christmas is you. And that's what I I chimed in after it was over and said that would have been the correct answer. Yeah. The correct answer, actually, for the Bab bonus is what I should have called it this entire time. Yes. Run, run, Rudolph. Yes. Ooh, easy. It's not too hard. Like if you have a high or a low voice, you can still get in there. Whereas all I want for Christmas is you. You're going to be like, counterpoint though, when you're drinking and singing karaoke, you're hitting that note. Nobody <laughs> no. else in the bar may think you're yeah. doing it, but <laughs> you're, but in your mind, you're hitting that note. And also Brian Setzer's jingle bells slaps. Slaps. <laughs> 
Congratulations, Tom. I, I did hear that's what the kids are saying these days. I just have to say, uh, I want a, I want a rematch. That lightning round happened off. I don't know where Manny came from, but I was very confused. Yeah. <laughs> I had prepared myself yeah. for every eventuality except for Manny just giving a one liner and us all just staring at each other silently for 15 seconds. It was a complete argument. It gave it people unsettled. No, it wasn't unsettled. Wait, it was unsettled. Wait, it may have been a complete argument. It may have been a complete argument, but who won it? Who won Manny? The stuttering guy. stuttering and the, stu- uh, the statements. I, I do I do have a, uh, a speech impediment. Okay, but so, you want it. Yeah, but uh, uh, I'm never racist. Finished. I'm racist, and you make fun of people with disabilities. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think given both of those things, both of us should automatically lose. We should go to <laughs> I mean, that's All very it appropriate. It's like Christmas dinner. <laughs> You do have family from from Oklahoma, don't you? you know. Wait, you Puerto Rican too? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I have a very special announcement I need to make concerning the next Merry Melee. You know, um, for I don't know, month and a half or two months, Anthony has been after me. I want to fight again. I want to fight again. Tell me who I'm going to fight again. Well, Anthony, it's time to put up or shut up. I am jumping in the ring, and I'm challenging Anthony Caruso of Tis the Podcast to fight me in the next Merry Melee. Jerry and Chris have agreed to take over the questioning, the scheduling, and who the third fighter is. Wait, I got to do the scheduling, too? Well, I can kind of help with the schedule. (laughs) So I will not have any advantage in the situation. So, Anthony... If you're man enough to step up into the melee again, I challenge you, sir. Oh, that's personal there. Yes. I'm, wow. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to fighting. Said this. Can I judge if I lie and say I'm going to be impartial? <laughs> 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 that's up to Jerry and Chris. Can I judge to see if I could just vote against you know anything that Tom says? <laughs> All that is going to be Jerry and Chris. You guys got to campaign them. <laughs> Just contradict your vote. <laughs> so, well, guys, thanks for joining us. You guys can catch Tom on Tis the Podcast, where him and Anthony and Julia review Christmas movies and keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. You can catch Manny on Felice Christmas, Mary Davidad, probably the only bilingual. Christmas podcast. Check out CJ. Turns hey, hey, we turn one year. Turn one in year. Six days. Check out CJ's new podcast, Christmas Conversations. If you like uh, the Joe Rogan experience, you're gonna love Christmas Conversations. Check out Chris and his wife on Christmas Time in the City, as they uh, have a YouTube channel as well, and they will walk you through the city. I'm looking forward to uh, the city being decorated for Christmas and some walkthroughs. Check out Jerry. On Totally Rad Christmas, celebrating all things Totally Rad and 80s for Christmas. And 25th of every month, Rudolph Day, Tim Babs, and I Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. And uh, all the links to their podcasts, social medias will be in the show notes. Thanks so much, guys, for joining me here for another Melee. God bless us, everyone.
Thanks for joining me here on Christmas Clatter. Be sure to check out our website, christmasclatter.com. Email me at todd at christmasclatter.com. Christmas Clatter is a proud presentation of the Christmas Podcast Network. And remember, keep Christmas hope alive every day.